Welcome to the new media show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4. Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Well, here we are, Rob. Welcome to the new media show. Yeah, we're back. Thank you, Todd. It's great to be back again. So I think we're on a roll here. I think we're going to even be back next week, too, oh, that's, I believe. That's good. And, you know, here's something. I was just talking to you a little bit about it before the start of the show. You know that you've been podcasting a long time when stuff that you bought in 2005 is breaking. Right. <laughs> Tech does not last forever. I think, we, yeah. I think we've known that for a while. You know, right. I've got this... Uh, when the original rack, when I just had the big bottom, which is still in the path, the equalizer, a compressor, and then my amplifier, that's all powered on a rack and it with it's a Furman power conditioner. Mm-hmm. And I literally that was like one of the first things I bought when I built my studio in oh four. Well, today I reached over there to handily flip the switch up and I'm like, hmm. Didn't turn on. <laughs> Rutro. Now, it's not an emergency. It can be worked around with an extension cord. It's, you know, it'd be fine. Right. So I started kind of playing with the switch, and the switch has gotten to the point where the rocker is probably just about done. It's always the switch. It's always the switch. So here's the yeah. fu- funny thing I-, I do have the tech <laughs> to change the switch, <laughs> but for $127, I ordered a new one. It'll go in there. Then when I have time, I'll pop the lid, pop the switch out, look the part yep. number up, order a switch. <laughs> well, and 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 now that you raise this, we, we should probably talk about, you know, why do you have a power conditioner? There's probably a lot of people don't know what that is. Yeah, I use a power conditioner because the way this studio is set up, unlike many of you who are now on USB microphones, this connector here is XLR, goes to a regular mixer. There's a whole bunch, there's a whole path. The way this whole thing is integrated, uh, what Rob is coming in is on Mac. If I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have to do it this way. Right. Right, because the, the way people, it's overkill now. You don't need all this stuff. No. And uh, so I'm on an analog path. So analog at times can induce hmm, hum from the power. So uh, it's actually dual based at the, the main power supply. The, the power conditioner is hooked into Sam, which way, if I got it backwards, maybe the no. So the power conditioner, I actually plug a UPS into the power conditioner. So mm-hmm. I have a very nice special Cyberdeck UPS in a rack that basically takes care of the TriCaster and all the gear but right. the power conditioner is in front of the cyber deck. So what that is ultimately done throughout the years is we've stayed pretty clean on, on sound. Now the biggest culprit that I have the biggest issue with in providing loopback issues is the roadcaster. So when right. I push the roadcaster into another piece of device, cause I, it just sits here on the desk and feeds an audio input on the mixer. Mm-hmm. And then I can, you know, I can do other things here when we wanted to, like where we could do clubhouse and all that stuff. 
that is the machine that gives me the biggest problems for loopback issues. Now, if it was self-contained and just right. doing a thing, but no, I've got it wired up like probably no one else would ever do it. So, yeah, and it's just, it's so, you know, what do I, and I have another device in the other room from Blackmagic Design that was introduced in 2010. It's uh, basically a video capture. Now I'm recording here on the TriCaster, but that recording, that ends up with a 50 gig video file. The black magic device black magic device. Basically it's just a little box plugs a video input cable mm -hmm. into it, ties the USB to the, to my Mac and it runs a piece of software that does nothing but video capture. Right. So that box has over the years has given me issues from time to time, had one this afternoon. So I was like, but here's what you do. You go on eBay. So this stuff that is a little bit older, that works perfectly fine, that other people have said, ah, oh, we're going to go on to the newer and better thing. I just went on eBay and picked that device. That was originally 500 bucks. I picked one of those up for $99. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of use, a lot of gear that maybe people would never know they need. Like, okay, down here is the life. You can't see it, but where my, Fingers pointing is the live stream broadcaster. Now, no one's using live stream broadcasters anymore. Matter of fact, live stream got rid of it because they didn't want people using it for the purpose. It was fantastic. Here's the, the original uh, use of the live stream broadcaster. You mount it on top of a camera, plug mm -hmm. an HDMI cable into it, and you could connect via Wi-Fi or have a data connection and stream through that little itty bitty box right and they were about 500 bucks when they were brand new so I, yeah and a lot of those could connect to like a cellular data network right too, so you could basically go anywhere with them yeah so i was running mine at one time off my mobile phone connected to a mm -hmm. hotspot and streaming with it now everybody said oh you can just stream with your phone now well yeah you can mm -hmm. but i have the live stream software per se matter of fact right here is the key the key to unlock my live stream software, but I don't use the live stream software, but I use that little broadcaster to connect to the live stream account so we can stream on live stream. Now, you know, very few people watch it over there, but mm -hmm. two or three of us have an, I basically pay for the account and then two or three of the tech podcast people use it. So what's interesting is, is I have, I had two of those to begin with. Mine kind of like one, two years ago quit. And then last year, one of them, the screen, it was still working, but you couldn't read the screen no more. It had one of those green LEDs. So back, back on eBay, I go and for, you know, for $99, I got sent one that was virtually hardly used. And so it's one of those things where what's broke, don't fix. And, you know, until I go to completely restructure the, the studio, I'm not, I'm not. Why, why spend full retail when you can stuff, get stuff on eBay? Yeah, that's true. If you can find some deals over there, that's all good. Well, so all of your audio gear really plugs into that power conditioner, right? That's the source of power for your whole infrastructure. Right. And actually, I've got, and that's why it's critical. Yeah. And then I've got two of those because there's right. two racks of gear. So I've got one and one and the one that's the oldest, the one that's been in the rack literally mm -hmm. since 04. Now you think about that 17 run on that box. That ain't bad. And I think I paid $99 for it originally. 
They just re- ordered a replacement. It's probably going to be more better. And, um, you know, and up until this point, everything was good. But when the power didn't come on, I was like, rut row, you know, five minutes before the show. Cause I'm usually just getting the studio ready to go right, right. before you show up. So, so a dead power source that makes it a little challenging to and I'm, do the show. And I'm sitting over <laughs> here like watching it because the Denon recorder that I use, yeah. the rack recorder, it's recording the audio portion of the show. All the audio is being routed through this thing. So I'm like, if all of a sudden I disappear, it might be from audio. It might be because this, <laughs> the switch rocked just a nudge. Because I had to, to kind of w- had right. to wiggle it just to get it right. You couldn't smash it all the way in. You had to back off a little bit. So now I'll leave that gear on until the replacement comes. I won't touch it. I'll leave that turned on, not risking another. Right. <laughs> that finally said, okay, I'm done. I'm not turning back on. So That's right. So You don't want that. <laughs> not in the middle of the show. But You're anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, stuff just gets old. It does. I, I, I had to, to replace stuff now and then. Yeah, it was, and I had to, I had to kind of laugh because, um, Chris, uh, one of the folks that we worked with at CES who brought the gear in, he was unpacking some stuff and my eyeballs got kind of big because they were in the early days. I, I really, really wanted this three sensor point tilt zoom camera from Sony. It was a HD those suckers were out of, out, out of sight from a cost perspective. Mm-hmm. They just, there was no way I was ever going to be able to afford to buy one of those. So I'd, anytime I'd see one, my, you know, I drool, you know, because I knew how good the video looked and out of the box, he pulls three of those. And I said, wow, you are a big spender. He said, Oh no, 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 no. He said, um, I got these off, uh, eBay. He said he got them for 150 bucks a piece. And I'm mm. like, really? And it, you have to be careful because you could get some of those cameras with thousands and tens of thousands of hours on them. So you have to go. But he said, I bought uh, three. He said I, they were all good, worked perfectly. And really, because we're streaming on the web at 1080, we're not worried about recapturing in 4K. That glass inside those devices and those sensors are still yes. fantastic. Crystal clear, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah are those the ones that kind of kind of look like an R2-D2 yeah. that kind of spin on an yeah. axis? Yeah. Right. Now, I've got point-tilt zooms here in the studio that are from mm-hmm. NewTek that are NDI. And, you know, they... But in my opinion, the sensors in those are subpar to even those cameras from Sony that were that are now, oh, my God, 10, 12 years ago. Well, they're probably larger apertures. Larger aperture, yeah, right. and in in real glass, you know, it's right. a it's a real. It's not know, plastic. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, so from that perspective, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, I couldn't. And he had some other cameras there that I was like taking pictures of because there's stuff now available. You can get um, HDMI cameras that are, well, I'll see if I can find one. I saved them in my Amazon wish list. Just show the audience this. And again, this is for people that may be thinking about going streaming and they're maybe going to use a webcam or. Um, well, well, certainly video is a hot topic, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
all the all the data showing that content creators are starting to create a lot of money over there. I think the CEO of YouTube said that um, was it forty percent of content creators are making like ten thousand a month or something over on YouTube now. It just tells you how forty audiences. Uh, well, forty percent of people on YouTube are not making money. No, well, of of the content creators that they've enabled, I guess. Oh, that's what they said. No, I see. But yeah, I'll I, have to pull pull that data up more precisely but, later. But. You know, I can't. You can't see this, Rob, because the way I got us wired here. But this is a camera from Mokose Makosi HDMI camera HD 1080p, and it's one hundred nine dollars. And this thing, this is the camera we use when we stream live from CES. This was a you know sitting on a little mm -hmm. tripod with a little alligator clip, and mm -hmm. it. it blew me away i couldn't believe it now i'd seen this tech before from another company here's the here's the skinny if you look at that camera those folks that are just on they go to amazon look at this again m-o-k-o-s-e-h-m-i camera those basically have um they're they've got all kinds of brand labels on them so some manufacturer in china has made this license them and then people just slap a label on them and then they mark them up to 249 or whatever it is um but this company has a whole line of that stuff um mm. that you know and it's just it's also amazing to me is some of the stuff that i used to pay big money for like black magic design bi-directional sdi to hdmi converters those used to be three four hundred dollars now 75 mm -hmm. bucks so yeah because there's been enough stuff come on the market, they weren't the only game in town. It probably only cost them $30 to make it to begin with, but they had this huge markup 10 years ago. Um, you know, just little do you know. So the, I would encourage people, if you're looking for a certain type of gear, don't be afraid of eBay. Do not. It's, uh, in my yeah, opinion. But you do need to know what you're looking for. So well, you, you do. Yeah get, yeah. get something that's. You know, and you have to, right. you, and sometimes you go to, let's say you like that Sony PTZ model that I was <clears throat> jonesing for, right. there is different generations of that. So you have to know which generation you wanted because you might get one that was like first gen and that'd yeah. be like 20 years old and you don't want right. that camera. No. You know, you, you want gen three or gen four of that. That's, you know, 10 years or so, but mm -hmm. Brand new PTZs today can cost as much as three, four thousand dollars. Yeah, you know. So, what are you getting that is better, quote unquote? Well, most of those cameras are not four K. We don't shoot in four K here. I just need ten eighty p. Yeah, there's not a lot of use for four K. No, yeah. not not for what this. You know, yeah. we're we're only pushing seven twenty on the stream. So, mm -hmm. what? Why have a four K camera when you're gonna? And some was, and, and I know that now there's 8K cameras coming. You know, yeah. you'll be able to see the you'll be able to see the dot on a pimple. You know, is what you'll be able to see. You'll be a, it, it. It. I don't know that I want that much resolution. No, but. and, and, it, and <laughs> neither do I. I you see, you know, see the wrinkles in living color here. But right, right. Um, I think if you're, again, you don't have to do this with these USB microphones. Yeah. You know, and you think about like this microphone here, this SMB7, which you and I both have, mm -hmm. you know, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of, uh, 
um, preamplifier power to push this thing. And it takes a lot of gain gain boost. Yeah, a lot of gain boost. Sound boost. And yeah, and I'm good. I'm lucky, knock on wood, been in the early days I had these real nice condenser mics that and I had a tube amplifier. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to think about it. It's still sitting there. It's it's running through today. I pray that thing never gives up the ghost because it's the preamp for this mic that goes into the uh, goes into the Mackie. And then I can set the Mackie real low, and that keeps the down. But again, if you're on USB mic, you don't have to worry about gain levels or anything anymore. Yeah, and not all mics you have to worry about. It's only certain certain. Typically, dynamic mics are the ones that are a little weaker. Um, but yeah, on that uh, th- that comment that the CEO of, of um, YouTube said said YouTube has seen a forty percent year over year increase in channels making more than ten thousand dollars a year in income. I would so, suspect yeah. because of the pandemic, I'm watching a lot of YouTube right now. So I, I think a lot of people are given up on mainstream media. I have completely. I've, right, I, right. I, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I actually found a live video of a local news station that gives local news. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can just be on the website and watch the local news. I don't even have to have a, you know, a, a TV subscription anymore. Now I will admit there are some things that if I had a, TV subscription. There's some channels I would probably watch some content, but you know, sometimes if you have Hulu or you know one right. of those, you can find that stuff. But yeah, if you want to watch live sports or something yeah. like that, it's kind of hard to beat. Um, you know, the mainstream channels that are yeah. So available. anyway, enough talking about gear. So you uh, podcasting is under assault. It is now, huh? Yes, it is. So, Again, by, by the way, or, by, or, or, or the same. Well, people. let's hear, let me just, <laughs> I would love. So have you guys gotten a call recently and had contingency planning by anybody? What do you mean? I'm not sure of the context of that. Well, p- podcasting is under assault. Scientists, musicians. Are all by whom? They're all they're all looking to have Rogan deplatformed. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, right. So right. the question is, have you guys had any calls? Like, uh, you may need we may need to fire up the 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 account again. No, no, actually, no, <laughs> haven't had any of that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think it was <laughs> what an artist that was that came out saying that uh, you know. It's either him or, or Joe Rogan. Right. right? Yeah. And so, (laughs) yeah. What can you say, Todd? Well, (laughs) Rogan's still on, isn't he? So so far. He's, I think he's got a much larger audience than Neil Young has. I'll just put it to you that way. So, yeah, I I think Joe's going to, going to win that one. Yeah. Well, you know, but it, if, if a couple more artists jump on and say, get rid of him or get rid of my music, that becomes a trend. Spotify would be in trouble. Yeah. Do. Yeah. I suppose it's possible. It's possible. I think it would take quite a few of them to do that. And I think it's the, the whole debate on that stuff right now. It seems a little, 
So uh, old. <laughs> there, there, there was a um, a Twitter thread. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Before we go anywhere else, this show is now available to be donated. You can denote, uh, donate satoshis boost to this. Ding, boost the show. Right. And they said, let the confetti fly. The new media show is on. So throw us the Satoshis. I guess they're one fifty-eight thousandths of a Bitcoin. So if you want to send us 58,000 Satoshis, that would be great. You know, so. <laughs> do we know exactly how someone can actually do that? Um, well, uh, you have to use a certain kind of app, an yeah, app that will support it. Yep. And um, so anyway, you yes, uh, the details are over on Podcast Index and podcast over at Pod News right. as well. So okay, so I think we'll have to have somebody come on to explain that whole process. All right, yeah. so the process of and I screwed myself up here because I, I had another. Oh, I know what the other thought was. Um, it's real simple to get started to get. And basically put some extra code in your RSS feed. And uh, so the podcast 2.0 code has been put in new media shows feed to be able to have that, that link and everything's there. Um, But it would be interesting for someone. It it has to funnel through certain, um, certain apps, podcast players that are connected with that. Right. right, That are tied in. So maybe we can have Dave or one of those guys come on at some point and explain how listeners actually make a donation. That actual physical process. Yeah. What app they need to use to actually. Because it's a little, you know, getting it set up for me was easy. It took like 10 minutes, you know, it was not difficult to get it set up. Yeah. Um, Do you, do you have to use like Ethereum or do you have to use Bitcoin? No. Well, you, yeah, I, it's Satoshi is a derivative of Bitcoin. Okay. That's the best thing I'll be able to say. Right. right. And there are ways to withdraw your money, but I don't know how, how you fund Satoshi's. If you fund that from Bitcoin or if you fund it from a, you know, a debit card or what, what you do. Yeah, I think so, Sam said, uh, through that lightning network that's being attached to Bitcoin. Yeah. His way of doing yeah, it. Through lightning. But again, you gotta, right. you gotta, if, if you gotta somehow tie your wallet right, to be able to, to, to do right. the donation. So, right. um, so anyway, so you can boost the new media show for those of you that know how to do that. Right. And, um, let's see your fountain app. Oh, so someone's been replying. Oh, the fountain app replied. So yeah. So maybe we can have some of those folks on to talk at one time, but here's, here is a, Somebody, okay, whoever's the Twitter account that owns the 80s movie podcast, you must listen to the show or you're following me on Twitter because I started a thread on January 13th that said, be very clear. People do not like freedom of speech at Joe Rogan has on his show. Be very wary of those that want to stifle speech in any way. You have a choice not to listen. 
And I said, the woke, yeah, true. the woke can go hang out and listen to mainstream media instead. And then the 80s movie podcast replied, it's almost as if you don't actually understand what freedom of speech entails and are trying to use it to say he should have freedom from consequences for what he says. I never said he should have freedom from consequences. And yeah. the, so again, let me read what he says. It's almost as if you don't actually understand what freedom of speech entails and are trying to use it to say he should have freedom from consequences for what he says. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had long-held laws considering libel and, and slander. Right. My reply was, never said there are not consequences from free speech, but you can say it and the chips will fall where they may. But I'll never be silenced. I control my brand, my feed, my podcast. And then yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Those consequences. That's right. Have nothing to do with have the, having the freedom to do it. Right? And and then he replied again. He said, freedom of speech is not a catch-all, no matter what you seem to think. And guess what? The fallout about Joe Reagan's literally the chips falling where they may, which you're advocating for. You can't have it both ways. No, I am advocating what Joe says on his show is subject to examination, is subject to response, is subject to public scrutiny, is subject to having Spotify keep his contract with him. There are consequences for what Joe says on his show. Or what we said. Good and bad. It's good good and bad. So my response was LOL. Freedom of speech is well-defined. I, me, fought and stand for freedom of speech, regardless if you like it or not. And then um, he says, you know what? I'm done with your performative BS. You know what I'm saying is the truth. You just have to play this game to stay relevant in your field. Never should have gotten involved in your game. Good night and goodbye. Did I ever in that Twitter stream say that their freedom of speech is without consequence. No. So I don't know. He was so stuck on. Yes. Okay. So there's another individual out there whose consequences can also mean that, you know, something happens to Joe's show on Spotify. That's right. I think it's also up to Spotify's uh, discretion because they also have freedom. That's right. So they have a terms of service. So they have to adhere to. Let's go back in history when Alex Jones was delisted from everywhere. Okay. Is Alex Jones still have a podcast? Yep. Yep. Is Alex Jones still on the air? Yep. Is Alex Jones still being criticized about speech? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Is Alex Jones a show that I listen to? No. But again, it's the personal choice, right? Right. So. But Alex Jones has a podcast on his own website, controlled by his own RSS feed. And because there's ability to subscribe to a podcast feed without Apple having the show in the index. And matter of fact, you can actually subscribe to Alex Jones podcast in the Apple podcast app manually. Not that anyone uh, talks about their, that. Their directory. It's not in the library. Right. But you have a personal choice to listen to that show. Now, there he is in my point. So I mean, he's claiming to be deplatformed, but he really isn't. <clears throat> he, he is de directorized. <laughs> he 
he's delisted. Delisted. But he's still available as a podcast on most podcast apps because you can manually subscribe to the show. Yes, it's harder. As long as these listening apps make that feature available. That's right. Yeah. So not all of them do though. So my point of view is, and it remains in, we've talked about this many, many, many. Oh, Mike Dell says, Satoshi is one. Oh my gosh. One hundred million of a Bitcoin, but it is Bitcoin. Well, you can't say one Bitcoin unless you'd be giving us like $30,000. You'll have so. to give us a hundred <laughs> million Satoshis for one Bitcoin. So. Right. It's like 10 cents. <laughs> no, if you give us a million Satoshis, we will have $38,000 or whatever. The quite, whatever. Oh, if, okay. If we have a hundred million Satoshis to hundred, hundred, yeah. hundred million Satoshis to one Bitcoin. To one Bitcoin. Okay. But it is Bitcoin. All right. All right. Here's my point of view. And this is why even when I say podcasting is the last bastion of free speech. It's true. It's true. Yeah. That doesn't mean that there are consequences <laughs> right. for it. That's right. Yeah. You know, if I slander somebody or, you know, there's still, there's con there's consequences from speech. And it's usually social consequences more. Than right. Anything. Yeah. More than anything else. But you know, when you're talking about companies and people, you know, it's always good to say, in my opinion, right. you know, right. in my opinion, so-and-so was a crook. <laughs> In my opinion, so and so is a thief. Not if, as soon as you say you know so and so is a thief. Well, you might still get sued the other way, but the last way I just said it, you'll definitely get sued, right? <laughs> and you're gonna pay, right? So it's always in the language, your opinion. Everyone's allowed to have right. an opinion. Hey, Todd, did you see the this survey that came out and saying? And I'm sure you won't be surprised. 94% of people listen to podcasts alone. Are you surprised at that? <laughs> Is they actually did a study? I guess so. Yep. And it says uh, 30% of all listening happens while working or studying. Hmm. I can't listen to podcasts while I work. <clears throat> no, I can't either. Or study. I, I, I would think it'd get in the way of that. But yeah. That's just me, but, um, yeah. And as you think about that number and the, and really in a lot of ways, why I think it's, that's an interesting number that 94% of people listen to podcasts alone is that it does speak to the core of the medium. It's an individual, it's a personal medium. Uh, I think that the smart speakers were playing to group listening. And I think that percentage tells you a little bit of why those smart speaker platforms really haven't had wide adoption of podcast listening. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a, I had a call. I have at least two calls this week with podcasters and the advice I was always giving them part of their production advice. I was saying, just remember when you say <clears throat> and ask a question in your show, what do you think? You're dressing to one, not what do you all think? What do you think? Because 94% of the people that are listening to your show are listening as an individual. And yep. it's a, even though you and I are doing this show together, 
we know that we're talking literally to one person. Yeah, it's like there's a third person at the table. Yeah, but that's, they're just they're, they're drinking coffee and hanging out and being right. silent. Right. Except they get on social media or wherever else. I mean, that's how you need to present yourself, right? I right. Mean, that's how we should talk to. Yeah. To um, sometimes we know. talk directly to people. <laughs> right. If we, you know, call them out by name, and then you know, it's like what we do to James or whatever we call him out individually mm -hmm. and, and because we know he's listening. So right. it's great. And I'm talking about James Cridland from pod news. So he, he's constantly Don't giving us feedback. James Cridland. Right. He's constantly giving us <laughs> feedback and, and he's a, his newsletter is a great resource. I mean, he's, he's been pulling information together about the global industry of podcasts for a few years now, and it's been real helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, if you, I also saw this too in pod news too. Um, I guess as people increasingly pay to remove commercials from TV services, I don't know. If, uh, I, I pay, you've noticed that, I right? pay to remove commercials from YouTube. It's the best, whatever the money is a month. That's probably the best money I spend. Right. I podcasting is a way to reach audiences that are avoiding ads. Um, not quite in, that was a quote from Westwood one. Um, I, I think maybe what they're trying to say is that because podcast advertising, the advertising in podcasts is light compared to television. That's true. That it's, it's more of a, a attractive medium for people that like to avoid ads. You did, it also depends on the network because <laughs> some of those are doing some pretty heavy loads, but. Well, yeah, and it's also. You know, that's a dovetail and a programmatic too. Right. I think there's pressure in the medium to get more ads into podcasts and get more ads into more shows. And I think we're going to see that over the next few years. Um, but, you know, there's debate going on out there about, you know, programmatic advertising and podcasting has a little bit of a black eye. It's been that way for a while now. Um, but I think it could be improving. Well, I'm going to just tell you my personal experience here of late has been pretty impressed i know it's getting better and i think that's the key it's yeah. really has it's impressed it's me the future, a lot it's the future of advertising uh in podcasting there's no question so yeah. it's yeah I, I think what it without saying it i think that it's it it could be the salvation for smaller shows well, it, it's an opportunity for smaller shows, right? Yeah. More and more, more and more, right? Yeah. So, Todd, I, I, have you got pulled into this uh, world of, of the the potential closing of Timber? Timber! Uh, no. As a podcast host? So I guess well, yeah, we, a... we, we, we heard about it, and we're you know doing our social announcements and you know seeing, yeah. seeing who's over there that needs rescuing. Yes, this is something that happens every year, at least a couple times, right? That's be honest with you, this one I hadn't heard of. But here's the funny thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Here's the funny thing, and I and did you see who reported that? Yeah, and Tanner. Tanner did. So Tanner Campbell. Tanner, yeah. I didn't I didn't, I thought you were just going exclusive to Spotify. Right. Are, are, well, he's are, he's are, dropping the bomb on these guys. Are, are, are you are you guys are Tanner? 
are you still on Apple and all those other locations? If, for those of you that don't know, Tanner came on the show here about a year ago, nine months ago. Yeah. And basically made the pitch that Spotify would be paying podcasters revenue, right. revenue share. Yeah. You just do everything on, on anchor yeah. and, and yep. Spotify and just ignore your yeah. RSS feed. Just, right. just, you know, how's that so far working out? So uh, I, I'm just, you know, I'm just making, you know, I, you know, we love you, Tanner, but I just like, it was interesting that Tanner dropped that news. I was like, Hmm, was Tanner using timber for his hosting or. Well, he, he, uh, talked about it in his podcast. Oh, so Tanner does a podcast called podcasting sucks. <laughs> oh, is that a new show? Well, it's a show that he's been doing for a while. I'm not sure how new it is. It's it's actually uh, hosted on Megaphone. Hmm. So I'm I just Googled. So it's not on Anchor. Oh, there. Okay, here. Their website is uh, Timber.fm, and let's mm -hmm. look at what their pricing was. During our, our initial oh, during our initial launch phase, Timber is one price twenty five dollars per month. As many podcasts as you need, needed download as many times as listeners want with as many users you need. Plus two, one okay, okay, private podcasting, live coaching. All right, so let's who's this up? Who launched this thing? Chris Hickman. Hickman, I guess he's former Microsoft, I guess. Uh, John Christensen. And the MobyCast sounds familiar. I think I've heard of that show before. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so. So there hasn't been any official announcement from these folks that they're shutting down in a couple of weeks, but mm -hmm. Tanner, Tanner broke the news. Yeah, so their last blog post was October 4th. And that's usually a pretty, you know, is anybody hosting over there? Do we even know who's hosting over there? I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't know either. I was looking for a list of shows. It's going to look at their stats. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's, yeah, it's, this is, it's, it's not easy. No, it's not. So. I mean, it's, it's hard to compete. There's a lot of, a uh, lot of hosting companies now. A all, lot. And all, all buying for. Yep. And free. <laughs> yeah. Free host. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I think it's in interesting. It's, it's something that happens on, on occasion in the medium and it, it contributes to oftentimes Todd and I's skepticism of new companies that get started in the medium. Um, if they're going to make it or not. Right. So it's an unfortunate because a lot of people put a lot of effort and investment and all those kind of things into these things to get it done. And when they don't work out, it's, it's horrible. So, so. I wonder if, uh, 
I wonder, James, is RSS.com uh, paying you guys for the promotion? <laughs> you saw that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Host with Timber. Podcast OSR has your back. Use promo code TIMBERS for a free year of hosting if you're moving a Timber podcast. So I think uh, RSS.com, I, I think, is a sponsor of the newsletter. Oh, okay. I think. Potentially. And we do have to... We the folks at rss.com have uh, contributed to the show too so um, right. definitely appreciate their ongoing support as well right uh, um, hmm so interesting interesting it is, it is an interesting of course I just knew this was coming the podcast host is launching the world's first generative podcast NFT collection Minton on a Salona back chain, a hundred episodes released over the next five weeks on 0.2 SOL each. Don't even have any clue. That is like, that is a, a foreign Greek. language for me. It's Greek. <laughs> yep. In addition, the podcast making app run by the podcast hope has received $675,000 in funding. So, so, oh, let's talk about this Ambi's uh, announcement. Okay. So, which one? Well, have they announced the the winners or nominees or? No, actually, the the um, the hosts of the show have been announced. Right, Ross Matthews and Nikki Boyer. Right, co-hosting. So, that's going to bring that up. Very attractive yep. individuals. Yep. Um. Yep. They're all Hollywood types. Let's see your talk with Roth Matthews, dynamic duo Ross Matthews and Nikki Boyer, 2021 podcast of the year winner. Oh, um, will co-host its second annual awards for excellence in audio. March 22nd. So let me look at my calendar here. So what date is that fall? Is that fall the day before? Podcast movement. It's a, it's the day before the first day of podcast movement. Oh, yeah. so it's that evening. Is it? Is it? Is that going to be the part? There's a party I think happening on the 22nd for podcast evolutions. Is or maybe not a party. Maybe it's just. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let, let me go look at the schedule. What's happening there? But because we were um, looking schedule the other day. Okay, so Evolutions 23rd. So the schedule, here's the schedule. Dun, da, da, da. Wednesday, March 23rd, Infinite Dial Edison Research, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So I guess you don't have to have a ticket to go to that. But So that's on the 22nd? Uh, yeah, the 23rd? so 23rd, 11 a.m. to 12.30. Okay, but there's nothing else happening on the 22nd. Oh, no, nothing's happening on the 22nd. Aha. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think I fly in until the 22nd. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm flying into. So I don't think it's, it's like, it's not like they're giving tickets out to that thing, right? Uh, I th I'm not sure how to get tickets to it. Um, right off the top of my head right now. That's so are they like, do I have to yeah, pay for a table yeah, or something? There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of capacity, I think is the uh, question. So I'm not sure what the capacity is at uh, this moment. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. So, so the, it's going to be at the, at the Mayan theater in Los Angeles. How close so is it's that? It's going to be in a theater. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. 
and that's M A Y A N theater in Los Angeles. Huh. It's not going to be too far, far away from where the, the, um, or the events at where the podcast movement event is. Gotcha. Yeah. So the check is going to be live streamed on, on YouTube and Twitch. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there is an eight cast welcome party, seven to 9 PM on Wednesday. Then the iHeart potty off, off site, eight to 11. iHeart, mm-hmm. please let us talk. Now what's interesting about this schedule. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many days the expo hall is open. It's not listed here. I'm going to have to figure that out. But there are a full set of tracks Thursday and Friday. Podcast Hall of Fame ceremonies Friday night. Friday party off-site starts at 8 to 11. And then there's actually breakouts and panels on Saturday. Right. So do we know when the uh, exhibit hall is, what that schedule is? I don't happen to know, but they usually open it up the what the the, the day after the first day, or, or well, it could it, be the first day. So well, I, like I, the twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty. Yeah, 5th, I, don't, I maybe. don't know. Or it could be the twenty. Uh, could be the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. Yeah, Mackenzie uh, takes care of this, so I, I guess we'll we'll figure it out. But um, I would imagine it'll be the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. Would be my guess. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it'll yeah. only be for two days, but because that's what they did on the last one was. Oh, really? It was only two days? I yeah, because I think they well they cut it. No, what did they do? It wasn't maybe it was some other some event. There was still stuff going on Saturday, and then they they mm-hmm. they chopped the exhibits. Maybe it wasn't podcast movement, but yeah, we'll have to get Dan on here and oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and have a yeah, we'll have Dan on here in the next few weeks. But uh, if you do want to go to podcast movement evolutions i'm sure rob you got a promo code too we have one use blueberry at checkout that'll get you a discount on your uh on your ticket and probably use the promo code libsyn too i'm sure we both have the same yeah i don't know actually what what it is for for, for libsyn but um it probably is that yeah. yeah but i was looking at their covid19 protocol we'll be following a safety measure that will be required by the state of california and the county of los angeles so we're probably going to have to wear a mask inside regardless of vaccination status. So I'm hoping that will be lifted we'll by. Well, you're starting to see a, a trend around the country of people just dropping all mandates and all mask requirements and all that stuff is starting to, starting to happen already. Well, California and New York will be the last to go. So <laughs> no, actually, actually, I think it was New York that actually. I think they uh, got sued into some event, but who knows? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was New York State. Oh, a, not New a, York City, but yeah, yeah, it could be a difference between the state and the city. They they decided to completely um, eliminate all mandates, and I think we're going to see more of that happen. Would be my guess. Well, good time to time to get back to life. Yeah, right. So that's true. So anyway, I guess we'll see what happens there. So anyway, the Ambies uh, presentation on the 22nd, and uh, mm-hmm. you're going to find out if tickets are available. Probably not, but we can watch it live. But the yep. podcast, the podcast hall of fame, should we? That's, should that's we, open to the public. Should so. we talk a little bit about that? Well, we can. I'll share as much as I can share about yeah. it right now. 
I did get to vote. I'll say that. That's good. And I was allowed to submit selections. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And you guys have, I've, well, I, I can say it, but I won't reveal it. I have seen who the inductees are. Well, I wouldn't say anything because that list may not be entirely oh. up to date. Oh, oh, interesting. It, because of, you know, those people, those people mm. have a choice on whether or not they would want to participate or not. Aha. All right. Uh-huh. So that, uh, therein lies, uh, a discussion for after the podcast. <laughs> <Hall of Fame>. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, so I don't want to make any announcements. No, 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 no. Who's, but I, who's, who's been inducted yet until it's all nailed down? Let's put it that way. So anyway, there, there there is a list. Let's just put it that way. And, yeah. and, and there was voting. It's going to be eight individuals, and yeah. they're all going to be significant contributors to the, 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 the development and present day of podcasting. You know, it's... It's a hard list to come up with because there's so many people that deserve to be on that list. There was a list about yeah, that long. Yep. And you know, almost oh, it's longer than that. Yeah. Longer than that. It yeah. was like a Google Doc. I think <laughs> That's all I think good. it was like uh, I think it was like 40 yeah. or 45. Yeah, I people. saw the Google Doc. Yeah. Right. It was a pretty right. significant. And everyone on that list I was like, "Yep, yep. Good one. Yeah. Good one." <laughs> Who's exactly. then who's that and looked them up? Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> you yep, know, yep. clicking through. Cause sometimes you see a name like, oh, what's that name? What, what did they do? And then you link through. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes right. sense. So like yeah, I said, it's too bad we couldn't have had a catch up here because we could yeah, have probably picked 20 out of that list. Oh yeah. Easy. <laughs> and, and it also created a good, good list for us for future events too. So, you know, next year when we do induct another eight people, more than likely we'll end up pulling from that same list. <laughs> well, we got a key is we got to keep it going so we can clear right. that so list. If new people <laughs> that right. come in too. I mean, yeah. that list can be as big as we want to make it actually. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, when we put it out to the, to the past inductees uh, and who they want to select for induction that year. I mean, what, what was their impact that year and how does that look as you look back to the past? Yeah. And and I know that there's some pressure to make it so that people that are more current could get inducted, I think five years, but you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, if, 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 if we'd have been having regular hall of fames up to this point, we probably wouldn't be in this, in this, yeah. in this condoldrum. Is that the right word? Yeah. It's almost like, uh, the analogy in my mind is it's almost like the, the, um, the line of hikers that are trying to make it up to the summit of <laughs> yeah. Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just so many deserving people out there. They've done right. really amazing things. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's hard to, to, to pick them out, but. We managed to do that, and the past inductees did, and give us a gave us a great list. Um, so you know, but you I, know. I didn't see the voting totals, but pro, I'm going to assume that were there. You can't probably can't say. Um, Whereas a distinct list, or were there any ties? I would. 
I would say the most significant thing that I can say is that the number one vote getter is not going to be involved. Yeah. I can't say nothing. I can't even I, hint. <laughs> that's about as much as I can say about that one. Oh, that's too bad. Interesting. Nope. Well, hmm. All right. And it's not our, it's not my choice or anybody yeah. outside of that individual's choice. Right, so, right, right. but yeah, oh, I mean, you, it's not going to be obvious. Gonna, you know, there's going to be a lot of speculation now. We just opened up a whole can of worms here. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I thought about it and there's others, um, as well. It isn't just, uh, him, but, um, I think that there's a certain kind of, uh, philosophy. I think, um, some people have about these kind of things. Uh, they're, they're either very private individuals, uh, even though they're involved in a very public medium like podcasting. Right. Uh, and they just, don't need the accolades or they don't need that in, in their lives. And it's a personal choice. Um, so in some ways that's kind of what it's all about. So, yeah, it's an, it's a fantastic honor. I think to be in it, I um, think so but, too, but not everybody values that. So that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Hmm. We have something to talk about after the show. We do. <laughs> well, and I should tell you anyway, because, yeah, because yeah. you're a part of the the voting committee. So, yeah. But it's, you know, I, <coughs> excuse me. I, I would feel the same way, even if I was not a current inductee. If I haven't, mm -hmm. hadn't been inducted, I think that the, the value for the podcast industry over time is, is significant. Now the Ambies is going to do what the Ambies are going to do. They're going to have their own thing. And I guess mm -hmm. each awards kind of has its own thing. Right. So I think it's all good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be, I think that the people that uh, more than likely will be inducted, um, it's going to be a great set of people. I mean, I, there's, I'm not, by telling what I said earlier is just to take away from anybody that's on the right, list. Right, right. They're all fabulous contributors in their own right, and they deserve to be up there. And there's a, and there's a, there's a dozen people that were are like equally, or 20 yeah. or 30, they're equally deserving. Yep. So that's the thing, too. That's the hardest part about it, yeah. actually. Yeah is, is, you know, how do you value contribution and significance, um, in the, in the podcasting scene? I mean, it's, it's really, that's why we put it out to a vote because <laughs> there's, you know, I can, I can come up with a list and, yep. and, and I did, um, but putting it out to all of, all of the, the past inductees kind of gives a different, um, perspective on it. And, yeah. Because they all have right. different circles of people that they Right. And that's the way it should be, right? Because we don't all know. I go to events. I don't know everybody. Right. N not by far. Someone walks up, I, you know, it's like, who are you? You know, and wow, nice to meet you. Well, and also the podcasting medium, I think, has changed quite a bit oh, uh, yeah. from, from 2018. Um, I think, you know, in that span of time, this medium has has exponentially grown in in ways that weren't really relevant in 2018. So, so I, I think that had to be taken into account too. Yep. I agree. 
Well, uh, we'll see. When, when do you think there's going to be an official announcement? I think we're shooting for the end of the month. Oh, okay. So we're almost there at the end of the month. Yeah, that's the goal anyway. Um, there's still one, one individual that we're still waiting to hear from. Mm. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I think evolution is going to be an inch. It's first of all, it's going to be a litmus test mm -hmm. where we're at of the comeback, right? Yeah, of the comeback. And I have my fingers crossed. So I'm only taking one other person out with me to Los Angeles. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, we're only, we're only going to have two people. Um, just because based on the prior event, we didn't need three people in the booth or even four. We just needed two. So just because the foot traffic was, was pretty light. So until I see, until I got him standing 10 deep at the booth, then, you know, I'm not going to, and I'll probably make a mistake. I'll probably face plant every day after that show, but um, that's what we're going to do for NAB too. We're only taking two to NAB. We would normally take four to NAB. Yeah, I think I think we're only going to have I think three people at NAB. I think, and then only two of us for Podfest. So right. there's only going to be two of us down there. So we'll see how these events go. Um, so have you selected who that second person is? Uh, I know who's coming down to Podfest because he's been selected to speak. Mike Dell's been selected to speak at Podfest, oh. so he'll be coming with me to Got Podfest. It. Got it. Got it. And then Mackenzie will be coming with me to Los Angeles and uh, NAB. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, because there's three events coming up. Right. Along with some other inter interspersed stuff that we're going to to a different events that are not podcast related. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, you know, the road show is about to begin. Matter of fact, uh, you know, we meet next week and have our, okay, have our banners up to date, is our document, you know, is our handouts up to date? What do we need to change? And, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you see the, it, the former CEO of uh, Pocket Cast is now our, our chief product officer? So, is, uh, do you work for him or how's, what's, what's, where's the hierarchy there? Uh, he, he's going to work for the new CEO, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's going to be, um, president and chief product officer. So we haven't had somebody that's kind of like our, hold on. He's going to, he's going to be president, president and chief product officer. So yeah. where's Lori going? She's the chief operating officer. So she's not going to hold the title. Didn't she hold the title of president before? I think she had that for, yeah, for, yeah, a, for while. a while, but so yeah. she's going to be the COO. Right. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Yep. So who do you, who, who, who do the Robs work under? Hmm. It's an interesting question. I think I have dot, dot lines to just about everybody. So, well, there's one person that is, don't you have an immediate supervisor? I would say it's actually a combination of three right now. It's Lori, <laughs> Brad, and the guys over at the Advertise Cast platform. That's that's complicated. 
So I, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it's a lot of changes of the company. We're, we're adding new people and trying to integrate, uh, all these different products and yeah. So it takes a lot of collaboration across all these different um, organizations, uh, n- new people joining the company. So you kind of have to create a, I'm glad pretty, you guys are having pretty, to deal with that. That's just pretty collaborative of kind of workplace. Ma- right? It's got to be a madhouse. Uh, your, your hair isn't turning gray yet. It's not a madhouse. It's just <laughs> trying to get new things built. I mean, you probably saw in the news that we finally kind of more seriously kicked off the lips and five platform. So, right. um, so, but it's still a project in motion. Yeah. We've been watching the Twitter comments. I would imagine you have. <laughs> I will say we fared better in our dashboard than you have. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's always a work in progress. It is. It's a work in, you know, but we spent, well, we spent two years on our, well, we've spent two years revitalizing the whole stack. Yeah. And matter of fact, uh, uh, our stats is going to, yeah. We, we've done a huge amount of work on our stats and people are going to, yeah, they're going to be wowed. That's good. Not only just the re-release, but all the other stuff. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that stuff. We have plans. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Yep. But you know, it's just like anything else. It's like, okay, when is that going to be ready? Well, we might have that ready by June. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. We got to go faster. You know, it's not, it's not easy to get stuff turned out. You know, major projects take a while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Take much longer than I want. Yeah. Did you see the uh, page on Podchaser of um, that lists all of the 12 podcast awards to keep an eye on this year? I did. I was like going, wow. That's a lot. <laughs> At least they listed mine one, number one. They did actually. <laughs> I was like going, wow. Yeah. You thank, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it did drive well, some inquiries back. People are when do, and I have to get the website updated with our new timeline for 2022. Yeah. It's, I think to some degree, it's like a, it's like a chronological thing. Oh, is I it? Think, I think so. Because, well, the Ambies. Will be, and, the Ambies will be before us, so. And they actually listed the, the Hall of Fame in here. Oh, good. thought that was interesting. But it's not listed at the top of the page. No. So they, they added it, but they didn't add it to the top of the page. Well, I definitely appreciate uh, Podchaser putting us at the top. <laughs> Small win. <laughs> right. Small wins. But it's going to be interesting at, at uh, Evolutions in LA. I mean, I think that that could be the, the real coming back. I mean, I, I got my fingers crossed that what's happening with this virus, people will become a little less worried about it by then. But who knows? Right? Well, if they, ha- if they haven't, then how can people? Okay. I know we've lost a lot of people and all that, but it's it's time. You know, I've, I've lost a couple of friends to it. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's some backs and some unbacks. So it's, you know, it's went both ways. So, and it's not even talking about that issue. I mean, that, no, that, I mean, that whole thing has been so politicized. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. That's why you don't watch the mainstream media. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it really, at the end of the day, it's just getting back to, to, to normal again. It, you know, if, I, if we ever are. Going here's to. where it's not really podcast related, but I think about my commercial office. I got 5,000 square feet that were in there once a week and not everybody's in there. And I'm thinking, I don't know how much, you know, I, I'm thinking that there's an employee, you know, wrapped up in, in my insurance, my electricity, water, you know, the, the person that comes and takes out the trash, the, you know, and the, the upkeep and new, you know, all that, that that's an employee's worth of expense mm -hmm. every year. Right. And if the new norm is we're going to be remote, I'm, I will probably get a storage unit and put all our, we'll, 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 we'll go down to being virtual again, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I don't, I don't need to spend that money. Why, you know, so I think commercial real estate in this country is screwed. Yeah, that's, that's a very distinct possibility. Because big buildings are standing empty right now. Though so a lot of companies are expecting their employees to come back. Uh, you know, okay, good luck with that. I know. Because I'm not saying that it's not going to be a struggle. Well, because employees that, are going to say, oh, I'll go work somewhere else. And that's, that, that's what the big resignation that everybody right. talks about is all about, right? It's yeah. People don't want to go back to the office. No, they don't. But yeah. at the same point, I understand the struggle. I'd like to have everybody back in the office every day. I, you know, I'll be just kind of straight up. I'd like to. I think it builds for better collaborative. I think it's, I think it's just better for the team. You know, but it's, if, if I, if I did that, I'd probably have a bunch of resignations. So it, yeah. it, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I agree. Tom says he's not even going to NAB. Come on, Tom, come on out to NAB. It's going to be a good time. Here's what the thing is, what I, here's going to be the takeaway from NAB. It's going to be the same as CES. Mm-hmm. A lower number of people, but higher quality. You're going to, the people that need to be there are going to right. be there. And those are the people that you'll want to talk to versus right. the person that's just at the show to be at the show. Right. So that's the big difference. That was what we took away from CES. We had much higher value contacts, uh, interactions. So I think that's what's going to be at NAB. It's, I think it's going to be smaller, but high value. So I might be wrong, but that's my prediction. And that's a probably a prediction for evolutions too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the ones that are, I guess, willing to get out there and put themselves out there and take some risks and be aggressive, I think is what it comes down to. I think the the days of playing it safe you know, I think in regards to, oh, about just playing it safe around, you know, if you think that, you know, staying home and, oh, staying yeah, 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 yeah. 
locked up is I, you I know, thought I thought you were do referring it for your you know you know as a way to you know based on fear or whatever that reason is. I thought you were referring to uh, business. No, well, I mean it's all part of the same thing, right? Yeah. You know, putting yourself out there. You and know. I, everyone that went to CES, none of us came back with COVID or got COVID. Mm-hmm. And if we were going to catch COVID, that was a place we would have caught COVID for sure. Sure. Based on the density. And there was still a lot of people there. Um, maybe because no one was shaking hands or even elbow bumping. Like I said, I had one handshake and one elbow bump the entire show. The rest of the time was like, you know, eh, none of that. So, right. but everyone was tested. They had to supposed to test before they attended. They were giving kits. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we'll see, you know. I mean, it's smart to take precautions. It's, of course. It's smart to be, to, to play, play things, you know, as safe as you can. Yep. You know, but, and CES used to be a germ fest anyway. There was very few times, like, it's a 50-50 shot whether or not I was getting out of there without the crud. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get the crud. I had a little runny nose. That's it. But I had a runny nose before I left for Vegas. So it wasn't like I got the runny nose in Vegas. Right. So. Yeah. So I think the events can be attended safely and. I'm sure there'll be a mask mandate and I don't see LA letting that up. If they do, and I'm, I'll be comfortable without a mask, but at the same time, I'll respect those that are. And you know, it's, you protect, you know, do what you want to do. Hey Todd, um, I'm looking at a article that is a little bit related to John Lee Dumas, uh, and his philosophy towards podcasting. And one of the, the things that, he points to, I guess is, and I, and I, w- I was just wanting to get your, your opinion on this too, and share it with, you know, um, the listener here is, um, does your podcast ha- have to solve a real problem with your ideal listener? Do you think? No. Podcasts are partly entertainment. It should be right. Yeah. It should be guess, an emotional connection. I guess right? it depends on your show, but do people listen to Geek News Central to solve a problem? I, I probably cost people more money than anything from that show because I tell them about stuff and they go buy it. Well, I guess it's your definition of what a problem is. I think maybe the real question here. What's your definition of a problem? Is it um, maybe being informed about Tech in your case, right? Hmm. Keeping up with the the latest breaking evolutions in technology is a reason that's the problem that's being solved by listening to your show. I uh, I think it's there's probably an argument for that. Well, people come to the show to more hear my opinion on stuff than look yeah, for solutions. You, yeah, I guess yeah. So and I think it's, it's key to kind of unlock this a little bit deeper than, because I think people have a very superficial take on that, right? Is that somehow it, it needs to be almost mechanical, you, you know, know? I talked to a guy yesterday, um, that, um, 
does the Charlotte Readers podcast. He was our podcast for the month for January, and it was a great interview. It'll be in our podcast insider show tomorrow. Um, and I always ask three questions. What is the genesis of your show? Why? Why did you start it? Mm-hmm. What are you getting out of it? And what is your audience getting out of it? It turns out what he thought he was going to get out of the show end up being something completely different and has helped him with something he's doing today. And I won't go into too many details. I'll leave a cliffhanger there. But at the mm-hmm. same time, his audience is split between people that are interested in writing and people that are avid readers. They want to hear from those authors. Sure. So he didn't set out to solve a problem, but he did get educated. That could be seen as a, as a problem. All right. Uh, it's probably not the right definition. It's more of a opportunity. Might you know, he had, he had self growth because of right. doing his show. I guess that's maybe the better way to term it. So mm-hmm. I think from that perspective, yeah, I guess you did maybe solve a problem. You didn't, like you said, didn't know you had, but, that's not a typical type of definition of what a problem is. It's yeah. more of what, what, trying to unlock an opportunity. What right? what problem do we solve here at this show? I think keeping people informed about what's happening in the podcasting medium and give our perspectives on it from the years of experience that, that we have to hopefully shape people's understanding of the medium and and um, what what has legs and what doesn't have legs going forward. But each listener has to make up their own mind. Mm-hmm. All all we're doing is contributing, not unlike what, you know, a, a really good talk radio show host does. It just inspires people to think yeah. and to entertain to some degree. True. I don't know that we always entertain, but. Oh, well, we, we entertain each other. So that's, right. that's the main thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not like we're a comedy podcast or something like that. And and this raises another angle too, is that I think making a statement that it needs to solve a real problem for your ideal listener isn't really a view that's in totality of the medium. Look at some of the most successful podcasts out there. They're like true crime storytelling podcasts. Are they solving a problem? No. Maybe they are because they're trying to solve a crime. But I wouldn't say that they're solving a problem for the listener. You know, I, they're entertaining the listener or they're giving them something intriguing to contemplate. For me, I think when I started my show, it was more of a thing I wanted to do to entertain myself. You know, because, you know, if I look at the perspective, I was a horrible blogger. You know, you think I destroy the English language here, bad. You ought to thank God for Grammarly, you know, it's like lifesaver today. <laughs> Um, it's like having my English teacher right here with me and I just put thing in the dock and it says, okay, here's what you did, stupid. So I think for me, when I started the show is because I didn't want to have to write all the time and I wanted to be able to talk about the same thing and cover more ground in a short period of time. So I was doing it more for, for me and also, and then build an audience that went along with that. So right. You know, the perspectives also change depending on the circumstance. And I think the biggest defining moments for my show 
was realizing how important these listeners were was when my dad died. You know, I had mm -hmm. episode 200. I was supposed to record the day he was killed literally after he'd gotten hit by a train. And, you know, I, I say that kind of lighthearted now, but it wasn't so lighthearted then. It, it's, you know, it's what happened. And, you know, there was no internet per se dial up where it was where I grew up at that time. Cause I lived family who lived in rural America still do. And I came back 10 days later to 5,000 emails, you know, from the fans saying, you know, it, it, it taught me at that point that the audience of a show is they're attuned to you very, very deeply, but you may not be attuned to them. And we've all had this happen. Someone's walked up to us. I've yeah. had people in airports or I've been in line at McDonald's someplace or whatever. Someone reached and said, oh, I heard your voice and I know who you are and come up and say hello. So it, it it's, so is the purpose uh, to solve a problem? That wasn't the initial goal. Mm -hmm. so I think yeah. It, and sometimes you can add value. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about adding value yeah. to, your, to your listeners in whatever form that takes um, is, is really the key takeaway. I don't know that solving a problem is the only value that can be driven to a listener. And then on, a, on another note with listening, John also talks about um, his top strategy for increasing listeners to his podcast. And he makes a comment, uh, you know, how many podcasts have you been a guest on in the last three months? Probably zero, right? Put in the effort, get yourself booked on as many podcasts as possible. And your call to action at the end of each show should be for those listening to check out your podcast. Right. So what's your observation? I mean, I've been a guest on hundreds of shows and I'm sure you have too. Um, do you think that's, that should be the number one recommendation for building audience listeners, audience and listeners? I don't get interviewed on tech shows. So if I get interviewed, it's for podcasting and they would be more driven to this show than my other show. So mm. I would say, yes, we probably picked up some listeners from some interviews that we've both done our live events that we've done, we've probably picked up listeners. Right. So. That's why I, I push so hard on those live events at the podcast events uh, is, is because I do think it's a way to grow this show. And then um, also at the end of all the, the interviews, sure. I, I say I, I work for Lipson and yep. that's part of it too, but I also yep. say I do this show. Sure. So, right. So it's, it is a, And I think sometimes too, I get interviewed people wanting to go into the history of podcasting. So, you know, and I'm sure you get some of that as well. Having been in the space from the beginning, we've got perspectives that most people don't, you know, there's probably less than 50 people that are actively involved in the space that were here in the beginning that are actually in the, actually actively working in the industry or actively having shows. Because, right. because if I'm a Don and Drew, their perspective is as a creator, there's, they, they don't have the perspective of having to run a business and all that underlying stuff that goes there. 
So their perspective of how the space is and how it's evolved is much different than even what mine would be. And your, you know, same type of, you and I are more closely aligned and, you know, cause we, we see everything every day in the back end, the pains and the challenges mm-hmm. and the wins and, you know, all that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always evolving and changing. Yeah. That was something else I said during the interview. I said, I try to listen to as much stuff as I can because you don't want to be the old dog. In some ways we can't help that. Anymore well, no, no, but, it's that pretty, it is very, very easy. Yeah. You just got to keep up with stuff, you know, and, and, and I, and, and, and yeah. I, my team is, uh, got some longevity in it. So for my team, I'm like, let's not make sure we're not getting stuck in a rut. You know, we got to look at this. This is something, you know, that's, that's trending is, is this a, is this the fish lure going downstream or is this something where it's going to cause an impact? So, you know, I try to keep my team informed and stuff. I see they bring stuff. We have a special channel in our Slack channel that Mm -hmm. just talks about, look at this see that, you know, and provide commentary, you know, why do you think this is important? So yeah, like you can be the old dog. We, you know, some, it's fairly easy to run home to mama and just do what you've always done, but that's not going to keep you in business and keep a podcast growing. And it does take a certain, you know, a significant amount of momentum to push through that tendency. If you've been around any, industry or medium. And I think, I, I, I think all I have to do is see, look at what the process was with radio and what they had to do. I think it's an example. Um, they, they had to bring in fresh, fresh blood. It's hard for, it's hard to evolve your thinking on things when you've thought a certain way about something for so much, so long. And I think part of yeah. it too is, I use the good analogy is the media buyer analogy. You know, they keep, they keep, they keep, you know, just put new dates on the RFPs and keep recycling them because they don't want to go too far out of their comfort zone. You know, they, cause they have to, they have to make their numbers and if they don't, they're, they're done. Mm-hmm. So they have to, you know, hopefully they get something that was well-oiled machine from the predecessor and right. rinse, wash and repeat. <laughs> or wash, rinse, and repeat. That's a better way to say it. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's you know it, it it replicates across the space. And but if you be, can change your perspective and say, okay, what new something new we can do? How can we think outside the box? I I, I guess you know I, I I grew up even though I did twenty five years in the military. The last really thirteen or fourteen years the job I had was purely about someone walking in the door and said, here's a gadget. It will do this. Mm -hmm. Normally that gadget would have taken 10 years to get into an airplane. I would have that gadget in an airplane in, in three days. And within, and within, within two weeks, we'd say, (laughs) you know, throw it in a trash can or give me 10 more. You know, it was one of those types of things. So that's kind of the way I look at the podcasting space is we have to, we have to try to think outside the box as much as we can to try to evolve. And that's easier said than done. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. John Lee Dumas also says in this article, um, he says, um, if you follow the lead of most podcasts with vague and broad topics, you will struggle to gain any traction whatsoever. He recommends find a niche you are passionate and knowledgeable about and identify the biggest problem and design your podcast to deliver that best solution on a consistent basis. The choo-choo train's going by. Um, here's my thought on that. And this is, again, related to a customer discussion I had this week. He said, here's my topic. And I'm like, okay. Um, I said, you do realize podcasting is global. And I said, can you, just by your title of your show, does that get you two years worth of content where you're producing an episode every day? Mm-hmm. And the, the individual said, no. I said, then you got a problem. If you, if you, if you don't have two years worth of content in this narrow topic zone, I said, then you need to open it up a little bit. So narrow is okay if there is a fresh supply of brain. Right. You know, every week. You you know, you if you do one episode a week, what is it, 52 weeks in a year? You do 50. You got to have, you know, you got to have 104 people that have, that can fill that niche content just to get to year two. Now, how long has John been doing his show? It's been oh, doing a while now, right? 10 years? Five or six years. I don't know, at least. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's obviously found something pretty tight to stick to. But it's his show, you know, I know a lot of people love John's show, but his show to me is boring because it's the same questions. Right. Again and again and again and again. Well, it is a focused niche. It is it? a focused niche. Yeah. But... I think also, you know, this concept that you were talking about of, of kind of upscaling a niche, um, you can kind of look at it from two perspectives. I mean, if you take a niche, I think the, the power of the podcast is how do you expand the, the niche beyond what the niche is? Oh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if you can bring in other elements into it to add to that topic and that niche, the ancillary stuff that that maybe make it look like you're you're um applying some uh some improvement and some some evolution of that niche right and or that topic uh is kind of how I like to look at creating content and this is what I've always done with the podcast that I've done is is always have like a future hat on right it's like this is the niche this is the topic this is the industry but where is it going right? What is the next thing? Where is it happening in the future? It's not so much about where it is today. And that's what we do with this show. I think, you know, we could have easily run out of stuff to talk about if we only talked about basic podcast stuff, but we don't. We don't. We like dissect it, whittle it down, expand it, pull it apart, expose elements of it that maybe others haven't thought of. And that's, that's the power of it, right? And that's why people will tune in and listen to this show is because we we dissect it and we pull it apart and we look at it a little closer and we um, expand our perspective on that closer view. And if truth be told, there's probably some folks in each of our companies that are a little nervous about us doing this show. 
because we really yeah. put ourselves out there. Yeah, I, I do feel at times some pressure to not talk about certain things. Yeah, of course. Um, but then again, I, I most of the time I push through it because I'll, I'll approach it from a different perspective that doesn't <laughs> undermine it, right? right or right. do anything that, 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 that makes it look bad. Um, because there's always an angle to, to topics that you can take that, um, adds, adds value. And I think that's, that's the real power of, of being a niche show is, is learning how to research it, dig deep, listen to others and come up with ideas around niche topics that are outside of the box. Well, we definitely don't do any research. (laughs) <laughs> but we live this every day, 24 seven. So. Yeah. I mean, like I've done during this whole show is I've been doing research while the show has been going on. So, um, and that's, that makes it more real time. I mean, that's, what's great about live. And that's why I love the show is that, is that we can just get up here and talk about whatever we feel like talking about. It's not like it's something that we, you and I spent two no, hours trying to no. prep for. Yeah, right. I, 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 sometimes I might think three minutes before the show starts, what do I want to talk about this week? You know? Right. And, you know, so what was top of mind when we started the show? I was having some technical issues. You know, the power stayed on. It hasn't clicked off since we started the show. So, it's, you know, it's what's going on in real life, you know, what's happening right now. Yeah, and, and then at the beginning of the show, we welcome uh, that listener into the program and, and invite them in with, with small talk and, Stuff like we would do if we were sitting around a table at Starbucks or something like that. Yep. Right. So. Well. Yeah. Would you believe we're at 90 minutes? We always make it. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes today, we go go short. but t- Today yeah. went real easy. Today went just like, shoo, it was gone. Yep. yep. And if you asked me to summarize what we've just talked about in the last 90 minutes, I'd be like, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the show. Hey, there you go. It's another listen. Right. So, um, what is the word again that they use? Um, you can, um, boost the new media show on podcast 2.0 apps. So let the Satoshis fly. Bring, right. <laughs> you, you donate them. Then I'm going to have to figure out how to get them out. That's the, right. the, yeah, then that's I'm going to have thing. to learn the other half. Um, they're going to pile up somewhere and we just don't know how to get to them. Here's, you know, here's the thing. I'm supposed to be a nerd. I'm supposed to be a tech nerd, but you know, what's happened is I've gotten into the, the grind of running a company and the tech stuff. Sadly now, you know, I, I, I try to keep up. It's Angelo. It's Angelo, right? (laughs) Well, Angelo doesn't know anything about Bitcoin either, you know? So, you know, it's like, I'm like, we need to learn about this lightning stuff. And he's like, oh, that's a fad. Well, it's not a fad. <laughs> it's making head ground, you know? Well, it's part of, part of the growth and development of the blockchain, which yeah. is really at the core of all this. So it's, it's you yeah. know, so I, like yesterday, I was trying to reset a password for an account I wasn't supposed to be in because I didn't, a link took me somewhere. I was like, wow, that's cool. How do I yeah. get into that? <laughs> I wasn't meant to get into it. It says, you don't have an account here. Oh. 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 oh, all right. So, um, all right. I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. I am, um, also on Twitter, um, at Rob Greenlee. Um, 
follow me there. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all the big platforms. Um, so, you know, if you want to reach out and send a direct message, that's fine. Or send an email to Rob G at Lipson.com or Rob at gmail.com. So any of those will get to me and, and, uh, I, I like to stay accessible, um, out there and I, I will answer your emails if you send it through. So, um, there are a lot of people out there that like to hide. Uh, I'm not one of them. So. <laughs> so uh, you can uh, go over to newmeshow.com if you're not already hit that follow or subscribe button and listen to us in your favorite podcasting app and uh, definitely have us on uh, have us on the subscribe or follow because that way you won't miss an episode yep. and uh, tell your podcaster friends about this show you know tell you provide yeah. this as a good resource tweet about I know more getting more people tweeting about us than we ever have. So please do that. And we do have a, tw a Twitter account that we don't use a lot for this show. It's at NMS podcast is where the, the Twitter account is. So if you want to give a follow over to the show, Twitter account, which will always live stream, you can do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see if I can. Oh, I didn't, I was not prepared. There we go. I am prepared now to put the big graphic up on the screen. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. -bye.